Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Welcome, everyone. Um, obviously, I am not the, the usual speaker, preacher, pastor, but I am Gina and I am on staff here. Uh, pastors Tim and Harriet were able to get away this week and, and kind of retreat, if you will, um, while doing some business, but um, he didn't need to come back to, to preaching, so he gave me the, the privilege and the honor to be able to speak, so I'm grateful, so thank you. Um, the beginning of this year, I heard the Lord just kind of whisper a word into my spirit, the word page turner. And when I heard it, it spoke language to me because I love books. And I don't just love, love like normal books. I love like the old vintage, like blow the dust off of them. I've probably allowed more mold in my home from the mold in these old vintage books than would ever be allowed normally. But I love books. I love books that have a history. There's a story to it. And so I think there's such a a beauty to be found in that. And so when he said page turner, I looked it up and page turner means an engrossing or a captivating book or story. And that's you. And that's me. He wrote our story. It's written, right? He's, he's written our story, the number of hairs on our heads, the number of days of our lives. He's written it. And then I was reflecting on just some fun, right? Some fun. Like books are fun. I mean, I, you could not say that to three of my children, that books are fun, because they'd be like, okay, mom. One of them loves books, so one out of four, we'll give it, we'll, we'll get that. But books are fun. When you were a kid, did you ever have a book that you loved? Like that one thing that you're like, read it again, and again, and again. Well, I did. I brought some of my books. I had the kids go in the attic to find some. But I don't know, this probably really dates me. These were my cousin's books, then given to me, and then I got to read them. God gives us sunlight. I mean, it's so precious, right? The little tiny thought books. I mean, anyone? Okay, it's fair. It's fair. It's it's no problem. So I, listen, there's no shame in my game up here in this book box, I can tell you that. So Christina, Katerina, and the box. Anyone? So it's okay. I, you know, it's okay. It's, I'm not, I'm fine being alone up here with the books. But the reality is, is that this one was one I read at least every day. Katerina had an old refrigerator box that she turned into a million and one things. And I loved it so much. Her creativity, her awesomeness, her buddy put water on the book. The book was gone, but then a washer and dryer was delivered. And so the journey began again. It's so good. Kind of Pippi Longstocking, anyone? Pippi Long. Okay, so it's kind of that feel, right? The imagination, the Eloise. Okay, Sweet Pickles. It's okay if y'all don't join because I'm alone up here anyway, so I can tell that none of y'all hadn't read none of these, so it's fine. I'm gonna keep going though. <laughs> so Sweet Pickles, I had the whole collection. They were all different colors. And I thought when I was a kid, because you know, kids are kind of 
funny like that. They do like weird things. I mean, you know, we've all been kids. So this collection is called Sweet Pickles. So I thought it was so much fun. And I thought that's what you were supposed to do was to go get a pickle out of the fridge and eat your pickle while you're reading your Sweet Pickles book. So I loved it so much. So I'd get so excited when it was time to read my Sweet Pickles book and I'd go get a pickle out of the fridge and read it and eat it and read it. Okay, I'm going to run away. Anyone? No, still no, it's fine. It's fine. Clearly y'all didn't have the same library I did when you were a kid. It's fine. Now this one is hilarious. This little misfit boy. I mean, he is just hilarious. He is packing up everything because he's gonna run away. And then he realized he's packed everything. So he might as well just stay. He's just gonna stay because last thing he packed up with his mama and he's like, I'm, I'm gonna need you. So I'm, I'm just gonna stay here. The boy who shared his lunch, the arch books, nobody still. Man, y'all are... Okay, it's okay, it's, a, it's okay, this is first service too. So somehow I got a separate library from the rest of the children when I was a kid. Best Christmas pageant ever. Okay, the Herdman family, right? They're amazing. Okay, but here's one of my favorites, the Bible and pictures for little eyes. My mama read this to me every night before we would go to bed. I love this little book. Some of the pictures are a little frightening today when I look at them. You know, they're not as animated as the little children's books are now. But I loved this. I loved this. My mama read it to me every night. So it holds such great, such great memories. And then when I got older, Redeeming Love. Anyone? Yep, I read that one like a million and one times. I mean, maybe not that many because it's pretty thick. But I read it a lot. I loved um, Mysteries mysteries and that kind of suspenseful thing, you know, like justice and resolve. There was always somebody who had to pay for it at the end. It's probably, it's probably a little aggressive, but it's, I loved that kind of thing. And then textbooks kind of got in the way and all the things. But really the most important book is his word. The one that can captivate every place that we're walking This was a Bible from my grandpa who's gone on to be with the Lord, but at the time he was the greatest man that I'd ever known walk the earth besides Jesus. I still have the flowers from his funeral. It holds so many notes and so many memories. And while I can attach this easily to my grandpa, it is the God-breathed, word of my savior. This book will captivate. So today I ask you, will you be captivated by his story again? The Bible's a place where the creator's hand paints a beautiful, beautiful picture of life through the words written on the page, specifically and spectacularly illustrated for each reader's eye and heart. It is all striking. Yeah, Jesus said this is the year to turn the page. See, if you've been stuck, it's time to turn the page. If you read about a dream a couple chapters back that needs some reviving, it's time to turn the page. If you're ready to lay down the old, turn the page. If you're ready for the rest of the story to unfold, turn the page. And if you've been held captive by shame, disappointment, betrayal, hurt, 
pain, turn the page because he is ready to captivate you again. Turn the page. And as I thought about the books that I love, as a child, they all have a theme. The rambunctious, the wild, the misfits, the broken, but always the rescued and redeemed because that's his story over us. He is the redeemer and the rescuer. There is no place too broken, no place we're too wild that God doesn't say, I see you and I know you and I'm coming for you. So when we look at his word today, we're gonna look at one of those rambunctious fellas. He's one of my favorite people in the Bible. He's so captivating to me because he's me. He's you. He's all the places that we try to get it right and we do it wrong. And our heart posture, oh God, but show me more of you. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness and your love and your grace. We thank you that you have written our story. You've gone before us. Help us today, Lord, to turn the page. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna go right into scripture and we're gonna talk about Peter today. Luke 5, verses one through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Rabbi, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. So were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. See, Jesus spoke to Peter and to the disciples right where they were. He got right into their boat and right into their story. He said, you're a fisherman? Okay, well, let me get into the boat and speak to the people out there while in the boat. I don't need to take them up on the shore, tidy them off, and then things are gonna work out. No, see, here's one thing I know about fishing. I don't know much, but I know this. You can't clean your fish before you catch them. He didn't say, hey guys, let's do a little wash down. Let's clean you up first. Let me take a look. I know what's written and I know what's gonna happen. Let's go ahead and get there. No, no, no. 
He said, follow me. Set down everything and follow me. Because you're gonna walk with me and you're gonna talk with me and you're gonna be with me. My breath in your lungs. Oh, you will change. And you will get tidied up along the way. But you're gonna be you. And I'm calling you to follow me. He is speaking. We move forward in Peter's story to Matthew 16. See, Jesus is sitting with his disciples and he says, who do they say that I am? You're Elijah, you're the prophet, you're Jeremiah, all these things, right? And then he says, "Mm -mm. who do you say that I am? Peter, impulsive, impetuous Peter says, oh, I know who you are. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answers and says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not come against it. Peter says, I know who you are. You're the Christ, you're the Messiah. See, Jesus is his name. Peter said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rock this thing because I know from an intimate place that you're the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one. I know somehow in my spirit that you're gonna be the savior of the world. And he says, oh, you know who I am. Let me tell you who you are. You are Peter. Peter means rock. And hey, Peter, I've got some plans for you. Jesus says, I'm gonna tell you who you are, not who you've been, not the lies of the enemy. You're not your past. You are Peter. You are a rock. The name Simon means to hear or to be heard. Simon hears, follow me. And he is heard when he says, you are the Messiah or the Christ. And then the tides shift. And Jesus says, I've got a new name for you. You are Peter, you are a rock. And hey, Peter, We're gonna build something we're gonna call a church. Are you ready? See that intimate moment with the Messiah became an infusion of Peter's identity. Peter, you're a rock. Will you turn the page? We go into this next piece of Peter's story. And many of us, this is where we are. We're kind of stuck on this page. I'm here to tell you today, but God, he's ready to turn it. Luke 22, then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. Now this story, 
Peter has already been told by Jesus, you're going to deny me three times. Peter's like, oh, not a chance. Not a chance, Jesus. No, no, no. Mm -mm, You got the wrong guy. And when some, of, when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you're one of them. Man, I am not. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord that he had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly the repentant heart. The repentant heart is everything. In that moment, he knew, he knew, what have I done? How did that just happen? That's all of our story, isn't it? How did I get here? Oh, I had one too many. Oh, I said I wouldn't do that, Lord. I'm sorry. I did it again. (laughs) We've all been there. We are all Peter. Peter said, God, I'll never deny you. He does. But God is right there. Then as we move forward, we have in John 20, after the resurrection, Jesus has died on the cross, and he has been raised from the dead. In John 20, he reveals himself to Mary. He reveals himself to his disciples, and he reveals himself to Thomas. And then he is back to his disciples here in this story. Peter has gone out fishing again. Peter's back to what he knows, what he feels comfortable with. So in John 21, four through 13, we read this. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net because of the large number of fish. He spoke to them again in what they knew. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, John said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 to be exact. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Remember in the first story, the net was breaking. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread and gave it to them. And they did the same with the fish. 
See, Peter, in this story, well, he jumped in the water. I mean, Peter, because he's Peter. Of course he does. He's like, I gotta get this thing handled. It's Jesus on the shore. I gotta get to him. But then he remembered the fish, full of destiny, full of promise, full of potential, doing no good if they stay in the net. So he said, oh, we gotta get these things on shore. Then they were his. Then he could claim them. And then he could offer them back to the Lord. Today's the day that God wants us to turn the page. Peter went back to the old. That can't be our story. He went back to what he knew, what felt safe. He lost his identity. He forgot that he was a rock. He lost sight of his God because of his shame. But Jesus, he met them right where they were came right into their old to help them rediscover the new. See, the Bible says that Jesus already had fish on the fire. Did y'all catch that in verse nine? There was already fish on the fire. Jesus didn't need theirs. Just like, he, he doesn't need me to give, give a good word today. He finds somebody else to do it. The reality is he wants our offering. And so he said, y'all bring the fish you just caught. See, he doesn't even say the fish that I just gave you. He says, bring the fish you just caught. Bring them on. I already got some here. They're all already almost cooked for you, ready to eat. But bring yours because that's our heart posture to the Lord, our offering. Put your old identity on the fire and let me refine it today, he says. And in that catch of fish, he's reminding them of the call. He's reminding them of their call. He did it when he first said, follow me. He gave them a miraculous catch of fish. I think that torn net was a little bit something like, mm, are they ready? That's just my own interpretation. But this time, not even, not even the slightest of thread out of place on this net. He said, pull it in. See, not only is Jesus speaking in the fish, but also in the fire. This word fire is used only twice in the New Testament. It's the Greek word anthrakia, and it means charcoal. It is used in John 18, 18, when Peter is sitting around the fire denying Jesus three times. It is used in John 21, 9, when they're on the beach and Jesus is restoring. Only two times in scripture. Charcoal is man-made. It's made by heating up wood to such high temperatures that there is an absence of oxygen. That, that will hit in a minute, I promise you. Man-made heating up wood where there is the absence of oxygen. Death on a cross, man-made. <laughs> no oxygen on that wood. 
We just sang about the cross has the final word. Romans 6 tells me that never again does death get to have the last word. Death died on the cross. We have life. That's who we are as children, as heirs, as sons and daughters of the King. That's who we are. The fire is an encounter. The moment for Peter of redefining, it held revelation and redemption. Peter's denial to Jesus's restoration. That's our story. That's our story. John 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, and feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. <laughs> See, Jesus couldn't have led with that back in Luke 5 because they weren't shepherds, they were fishermen. So you're gonna fish for people, but oh, you're ready now. You're ready now. I'm gonna need you to tend to some sheep. See, he says, you may have denied me around a fire like this, Peter, but your choices are the only thing that matter right now. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And that's the question that he's asking us today. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? So we have the fish, that's his old. We have the fire, which is the revelation and the redemption, death to life moment. And then we have follow and feed. That's a new identity that Peter is wearing, the call of God. See, if Jesus wanted to shame Peter, he would have said, let's go back a couple pages, Peter. Let me remind you. I mean, you really did a number there, Peter. Three people, at least three people, and all those who heard it think you don't know me. Jesus didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. Instead, he points forward. He says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Let's turn the page. Jesus is saving Peter's life and I promise you he's ready to save yours. And I don't mean just by way of salvation, which that's the greatest choice one could ever make. But I mean in the journey, in the page turning days ahead, your story it's written, but it's yet to be, it's yet to be lived out. It's yet to be told. And are you willing to be stuck? Or are you ready to turn the page? If Jesus didn't recreate Peter's story, 
through dislocation, then every time a rooster crowed, Peter would have been reminded of his failure. Shame would have dominated and it would have redefined his future. See, Jesus recreates the moment around Peter's old identity of his greatest wound, not to hurt him, but to heal him. That's who he is. That's who he is, death to life. When God moves in your life, he will gently take you back to your greatest wound. Oh, but for a moment, because he will move you forward. He will put his hand on and he will say, I heal you. Remember it no more. He wants our hearts. He will redefine the moment where we disconnected from his story. The moment we took the pen from his hand and began to write because we thought we knew better. See, he's asking, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Follow me is a command. Do you love me is my choice. It's my choice. And he will always, always speak our story, our language, what resonates in our heart. This week, Asher was playing drums at a revival here in town. And I was there for practice an hour before the revival started. And the pastor of the church said, hey, come here. And I was like, ooh, okay. Always, <laughs> do I do something wrong? He said, I want you to come into my office. I said, yes, sir. He said, do you see, do you see this bookcase wall to wall? And then catty corner from his office, he showed me there were two more bookcases full of books. He said, do you see them all? Books, books, old books, vintage books, used books, loved books, books with history, lined every shelf. He said, you're in ministry. And I feel like the Lord said to me, that you're supposed to have any book you want off these shelves, book, books, anything, they're yours. I've taken what I want. But he told me this is a page turning year for you. He didn't know anything about me. That's the Lord's heart. My message had already been named it. That's the Lord's heart. That's the Lord's heart. He said, any book, that you want, all of them. I'm gonna tell you in that moment, I felt real unworthy. I had to stop, cause I just about, you know, went into the like crybaby position cause I was so overwhelmed. I knew it was the presence of the Lord. And then I was like, no, thank you. You have no idea what this means to my heart. And I'm not sure that I can take many books, but that doesn't mean that I'm not so grateful because the Lord has spoken here today. He said, well, the offer stands anytime you're by. Just come on in my office and pick out a book. 
I was like, I'm sorry. Okay, you're overwhelming me now. Stop. But the beauty was, he didn't know. He was this kind, beautiful soul who heard the Lord. And then the Lord is so good and so kind that he spoke my language. And you know, you, you know it's your language when there's no way he could have known. No way he could have known. I don't even know if he knew my name at that point. But the beauty of the Lord. Oh, he's writing it. He's writing it and he's writing it and he will not give up. He's writing and writing and writing. Are we going to turn the page? That's our choice. That's our choice. Don't let failures, don't let your past determine your future. Deal with the wounds sitting around the fire and heal. Confess your heart to the Lord and then turn the page turn the page. We get to get excited about our story again because he's written it. So you get to get excited about your story again. John 21, 24 through 25 reads this. And this is a disciple who testifies to these things, John, and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose, huh, that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Ha! That's our Savior. Do you get that? The world couldn't hold the books. The whole world couldn't hold the books that would be written if everything had pen to paper. He's a page-turning God. Jesus said, Peter, there's nothing wrong with fishing. There's nothing wrong with fishing, let's be clear. But your story's changing. You're different. Will you trust me? Do you love me? Then follow me and feed my sheep. When we operate in an old identity, we get stuck in our own story. When we sit by the fire, it brings a refining, a redefining, and a redeeming. It's our healing. And that's a plot twist to the enemy because he realizes in that moment, oh, you're not winning. And when we say yes to Jesus with all of our love and all of our trust, then we turn the page from our story to his story. And see that place of all of our love and all of our trust that matters. Because I can follow him I can follow him, but do I love him? Do I trust him? And if I do, then I give him all of me. That's the relationship. That's believing that I am a child of the king. Hebrews 12, two says, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Today is your day to turn the page and trust him. Fears, doubts, perfectionism, addiction, unforgiveness, other people's opinions, family pain, friend pain, trauma experienced by the hand of another, 
Whatever it is today, turn the page. Turn the page. He stands ready to heal you by the fire and then turn the page. Let it be so, Lord, that we say yes to you. Let's follow him today, full out, heal in his love. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. That's who he is. That's how much he loves you and I. We may be broken at times, but oh, we have a rescuer. Let's be captivated by his story again. Let's be captivated by who he's created each one of us to be. Let's be captivated by his glory and not so distracted by me. He loves you. He loves me. Let's walk with our Savior. And he says, follow me. Let's say, yes, I'm following you. And then as I walk and I walk and possibly I stumble, he's gonna lift my chin and say, but do you love me? And I'm gonna say, yes, Lord, I love you. Because, oh, your amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Oh, yes, Lord. I love you. And I'm gonna follow you all the days of my life. I can't write this story. Only you can. So will you say yes to him today? Yes, with trust, with a love that maybe you don't even understand because maybe it was never offered to you. But today, today it's time to turn the page. I see you, Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand. And then gently slide yours in it. And he will walk with you and he will talk with you. Because his name is Savior. It is the Christ. It is the Messiah. He is the one.